The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. You're listening to Making Life Brighter on the Health and Wellness Channel, where we provide you with the latest information in healing, consciousness training, and all cutting-edge healing modalities, featuring experts in their fields, including authors, musicians, and artists. Making Life Brighter will be a forum for healing, inspiring, and uplifting entertainment. Here is your host, Winifred Adams. Good morning. Happy summer to everybody. Woohoo! Here we go. We have an amazing day today for you. We have a great show planned, and I'm very excited to talk about what I'll call controversial subject matter, which is a little bit off the track of making life brighter, but I think it's so very important about all the things that we're going to discuss today, and we really, really need to pay attention to what our rights are. So I've been speaking in the last few weeks about um, your preparedness, about, you know, different laws that are coming due, things that are going away from us in terms of our choices to buy product because of bills that are passed. And I even mentioned in a past show that right now, because of Prop 65 in California in the United States, there are certain foods that are even on that list that are probably, you know, a problem for people or will be a problem for people because they're mentioning that these foods like turnips and cucumbers and things like that may not meet the standard for uh, what the bill, the law of Prop 65 is talking about. And that means that some of your food might fall under that category of being illegal and can't have it here or can't grow it here or it's taking steps in a direction that's taking away your rights. And, you know, I was contemplating all of this, and I was contemplating the show that's coming up today, and I really want to share with you some of my thoughts about that, because they are my opinions, but it's food for thought. And as I sit in meditation, it kind of came to me that maybe we should look at this idea. We have what's known as chemtrails that come over us here on the coast. Chemtrails seem to be everywhere, and they're expanding, but hopefully soon they'll be contracting. And we should hold the focus that they will be contracting because if we keep focusing on them expanding, then we put energy to that. We add to that. But if we are having toxic heavy metals being sprayed over our growing fields and our water tables and everything that we have, then, of course, when they test the food and the soil, it's going to come up with heavier numbers and greater numbers of trace minerals in in terms of metals. So whatever is being sprayed over us may have an effect on the testing, and the testing then goes back and says, well, see, this plant has too much in it. Therefore, we can't have this herb on the market anymore in California, or this food is too high in heavy metals, and therefore we can't have it. So we might want to look at that. The source might be the chemtrails in part to why some of these things are going away for us. And if you haven't seen chemtrails, they're very different than contrails, and I urge you to do your own research and look that up. 
Um, I'm not here to talk about the good or the bad of chemtrails so much as the result and the effect of that upon it because I see that in real time with people that walk in my door that are very ill or suddenly very ill or everyone has the same symptoms and it's bizarre and they can't get over it. So, you know, things like that are affecting our well-being and our health and then in turn, lawmakers and people are saying, well, see, the tests show that in fact, you know, these counts are too high so therefore we can't have this product. Well, why are the counts too high? Have they ever been that high before? You know, it's a bit like asking, why does everybody suddenly have cancer? Why is that an epidemic? Is it an epidemic because we're focusing on it? Or is it an epidemic because it's actually now a result of either an emotional component that is rampant within our society? Or is it something that is toxic within our society or both? So these are things to think about. But today... I want to focus on two other things that are happening in our world that are very serious. The first one is I'm having Mrs. Baker back, and she's going to be speaking with us this morning about immunization because the bill passed. And you can go back and listen to the other shows if you want to to catch up on what we've talked about with that. But welcome again, Mrs. Baker. Thanks for coming on to be with us again today. Hi. Thank you so much for having me again. This is so important, and it's going to change the face of California and potentially the whole of the United States. So tell us what's happened since we last talked. Since we last spoke, Senate Bill 277 was signed into law on June 29th, less than 24 hours after hitting Governor Brown's desk. Uh, This law now denies parents the legal right to file a religious or personal belief exemption from vaccinations in order for their children to attend both public and private school. So through this legislative process, the numbers uh, in California, citizens testifying in opposition, greatly outnumbered those in support. When we were at the Capitol, staff had mentioned several times that they had never seen opposition like this in 15 plus years at the Capitol. And this was happening at every hearing. People from all walks of life around the state of California were traveling to Sacramento to stand in line to testify against this bill. And it was like no one was being heard. Um, The fast tracking of SB 277 through the legislature, despite such strong opposition, made it very clear to everyone that this was being controlled by the pharmaceutical companies, that they're having a huge influence over our legislators. How do they know that? Um, how, do they, how do they prove that, that that's coming from there? Well, they... there, there's proof in the fact that they've all been given money in the past year from the pharmaceutical companies with this bill coming. All of the Democratic reps who are voting for this bill have been compensated from the pharmaceutical companies as donations to their campaign and et cetera. Um, And that is public record that you can look up. So, you know, the bill author himself received over $95,000 just recently. And it's it's not hard to follow the money in this case, but it's also um, been talked about under the guise of public health. So they've been able to get away with it. And unfortunately, still, even with the passing of this bill, there's not a lot of mainstream media coverage that people know what's really going on. There's a lot of people with children in school that have no idea that this bill has even passed and that it is going to be come law on January of 2016. 
Is there anything anyone can do to oppose it now? Well, yes, there's a former assemblyman, and um, he's actually starting a referendum right now um, to gain enough signatures in order to get this started. Um, Tim Donnelly, actually, is now starting um, what's called a referendum where the bill then will be postponed into going into law if we can collect enough signatures and educate, you know, the communities and then if we do receive enough signatures, it will um, halt the bill from going into effect and it will then go to a vote November 2016. But as you were speaking about Prop 65 in the past, we had the food bill, Prop 37, I believe, for the GMO labeling. When you're up against the money of big food and big pharma, they have a very easy way of kind of twisting the information to the public to make it seem very one-sided. And that was very successful, if you remember, during the GMO labeling acts that people thought that if they had a label on their food that would say, oh, it's non-GMO, that it would raise the cost of their food. And that's how people got scared to vote for that. So is it a good idea? I don't know. Will it postpone the law from going into effect? Possibly, if enough people get behind it and enough people get involved. Um, There has been a ton of grassroots organizations that have started because parents want a choice. And I think I went over that very strongly with you that it it is not as it's being portrayed on TV, an anti-vaccination movement. It's a parental choice. And it's, you know, we want the say in our children's health. We don't want a government mandating medical procedures for our children. So, um, It's a huge undertaking if this does go um, to referendum, and it's a lot of community outreach, and like you were talking in in the opening of the show, is really people have to get involved, and they have to know what's going on, even if they don't like politics, even if they, you know, this is something new to them. It's one of these things that our rights are being taken away from us, and we need to get involved. Very good, very good. Well... On that note, we're going to be back with more Mrs. Baker, and we're going to talk about in the next segment how this affects you, how this affects your children, and why it's important to be educated about this law that's going to come to fruition potentially unless you speak up or have a say in it and what that could mean to everybody, not just here in California, but all the way across the United States. So we'll be right back with more. You're listening to Making Life Brighter Radio, and I'm your host, Winifred Adams. You can email me directly at radio at makinglifebrighter.com. You can find us on the web and all the archives at makinglifebrighter.com on the radio tab. You can find us on Facebook, and we're on Twitter at MLB Radio. (laughs) We'll be right back. helping you make informed decisions for your life. This is Voice America Health & Wellness. Journey to John of God for healing with your guide, medical intuitive Winifred Adams. Experience healing with the world's most revered transmedium, John of God. Witness incredible healings, visit the sacred waterfall, and experience the heart-opening wonders of the Casa de Dominacio in Brazil. For more information, visit makinglifebrighter.com. 
Tune in and visit the archived shows to learn of the miraculous healing with John of God. Special offer when you mention you heard it on the Health and Wellness Channel. See the website for details, www.makinglifebrighter.com. Making Life Brighter, your health and healing resource. With 20 years of successful healing, medical intuitive Winifred Adams has assisted thousands of people with their health and emotional well-being, including a celebrity clientele. An expert in emotional healing and body system health, Winifred specializes in emotional trauma and hard-to-solve cases. An official guide to John of God, Winifred works with people from all over the world to facilitate optimum health. Visit MakingLifeBrighter.com for more information and a discount off your first session. Appointments available in person or by Skype. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Learn more. Live better. Voice America Health and Wellness. Welcome back to Making Life Brighter with Winifred Adams on the Health and Wellness Channel, the preferred choice for conscious education and entertainment. For more information, please visit us at makinglifebrighter.com. If you have questions or comments, please email us at radio at makinglifebrighter.com. That's radio at makinglifebrighter.com. And now, back to the show with your host, Winifred Adams. And we're back. You're listening to Making Life Brighter Radio, and today we have Mrs. Baker back, and we're talking about the new immunization bill that may go into law um, come in the coming months and what this means to you, what this means to your children, what this means to everybody. And so, Mrs. Baker, tell us how this is impacting anyone and everyone now. So, um, with the bill going into effect on January 1st of 2016, it will require that all children, in order to attend a public or private school, must be up to date with their immunizations. Um, I would like to mention that less than 2% of the population of California, age 5 to 18 years old, is currently using what's called the personal belief exemption or a religious exemption. With you know, a population of 38 million that is such a small, small number, but it's the children who are now coming into school, the parents who have not yet had children, who really aren't paying attention to this bill because you, you don't pay attention to things like this sometimes until you become a parent or until it affects you. Um, so as you're saying, California is kind of being used as the model state. So we've seen it in the past with HMOs and such. If it can pass in California, one of the most liberal states in the country, that it's surely to travel throughout the rest of the states. Um, This bill is also open-ended, so at any time, public health officials can add vaccinations that aren't currently listed to this bill. And as we've seen in the past, there are several things that when a drug is introduced and a vaccine is a drug... Um, I mentioned before that the pharmaceutical companies have complete immunity. If anybody is hurt or harmed by a vaccine, you cannot sue the pharmaceutical companies. So parents are now mandated. Um, The only thing that they could possibly do is to get a medical exemption 
from their doctor that states that they are unable to receive vaccinations for a certain reason. And the problem with this is doctors are a lot of times afraid to give medical exemptions because they are being based on the CDC guidelines, which are severely strict. Basically, if your child even suffers a seizure or multiple seizures after vaccinations, they say that this is, again, normal, Um, high fevers, things that you would never want to see your child go through knowing it's an allergic reaction or just an adverse reaction. And doctors right now are not really sure of what is considered to be a medical exemption and what is not. A lot of times a child has to actually be injured by the vaccine before a doctor feels comfortable writing that exemption. Also, insurance companies tie into this because they reward doctors via their vaccination rates per their, you know, clinical practices. So there's a lot um, going around and details about this bill that are just very shaky that, and again, why parents want this right to choose what is put into their child with a doctor's guidance. And that's what's been happening now. And it's been happening and we've been very successful in California to have a high vaccination rate, to have, you know, very healthy children in our state. And right now we're about to model states like Mississippi and West Virginia. They have the strictest vaccination rates in the country. And also Mississippi has the highest infant mortality rate in the country. So, All of these changes are are drastically going to affect all of us in the sense that if they can pass this for our children, adults are going to be next. Um, This is starting with daycare, public elementary school, private elementary school, all the way through high school. And at a certain point, you know, I would like to say um, the measles outbreak at Disneyland this past year, not one case was transmitted during school. This happened outside in the community, and there will always be people coming to California for our tourism. There will be people in the community who are grandparents, who are parents, who are not immunized nearly close to the schedule that children are now. And so you see all of these loopholes in in this bill that basically, um, you know, we're just going to be starting this whole new mandate with children to kind of set the precedence in the future. And how, um, how, how many vaccines they, do kids have to receive? What is the number that that they will the receive? Number is ten um, to start kindergarten. The number is ten, um, but with the ten vaccines, several of those vaccines are combined and have multiple doses, such as pertussis. That's a five dose. Shot, so they're getting five injections for the one vaccine. Why is this a negative thing? Well, Why? for some well, it's not a negative thing, but for others, when they have noticed reactions in their children following vaccines, some parents feel they want to wait and space them out. Um, doctors' offices, now that this is a law, they already push parents when they're not feeling comfortable into vaccinating completely on schedule when a parent's gut or intuition is saying something else because they go home with their child, they see the results, they, you know, might want to just wait and space them out more and they're going to be getting bullied in in offices saying, nope, you're not going to be able to go to school, so you have to do it. And I know that that's happening because parents are talking about it constantly now before it has even become a law. 
Are some so, of these vaccines um, detrimental? I mean, what are they vaccinating for that's maybe new? Because I knew, you know, we had the measles, the mumps, the whatever, chicken pox, da-da-da. What's different? There are additional doses now. Um, when you and I were growing up, there was uh, one MMR vaccination. Now there are two. Uh, pertussis has five doses. This is a vaccine that, under testimony, they, um, excuse me, immunologists um, re- representing the CDC, basically said this vaccine is failing. And 90% of the current pertussis outbreaks are in vaccinated children. This is another one of the vaccinations that they are mandating, yet it has such a high failure rate. And as a parent, when you know the information and you know the facts, if you deny, you know, that shot for your child because, hey, if it's failing, I want to wait, you know, or omit that, all of those injections, because it's not working anyway, we're not allowed that option anymore. They're taking the child's education that's public or private and saying, well, you can go homeschool, which is basically segregation based on your choice. And that choice a lot of times now for parents is what is the best possible education for my child or what is the best health for my child? And no No. parent should have to make that decision. Is it, could it be argued in a court of law of discrimination? It will be. It definitely will be taken to the Supreme Court. There are two, you know, huge factors that um, are unconstitutional, and that's, you know, the parent's right to choose, you know, and make medical decisions for their children. And, um, you know, like you said, denying someone an education, and that is, it's, it's unconstitutional. And how does the opposition feel about this? Why? What is their argument to say this is okay? Uh, the supporters for the bill? Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The supporters, they, the opposition to those that are trying to shoot it down. Yeah. Um, they. This has all been done under the guise of public health. So your liberties basically don't exist when we're speaking of public health. But here's the thing. <laughs> this there is no public health crisis in the state of California currently, and there wasn't one before. The CDC deemed the measles outbreak, which out of 38 million people in California, 150 were affected. That is mm-hmm. a handful of yeah. people. And I question, does that man, you know, does it warrant a mandate that takes away parental rights? How did this get started? Like, what is the... the impetus for suddenly implementing this? You think that's the big pharma saying, you know, we're going to sell more um, immunization shots? Is that it? If you can mandate a product for every single child in the country with both the school board and the government backing that mandate up as a corporation or anyone selling a product, I mean, that's a dream come true. It's kind of like a war machine, isn't it? <laughs> I mean, it's, it's just, it's money. You know, it's not really about what the best health of your child is. There are so many children that have adverse reactions from vaccines, but you will not hear about that in our news. You, you just won't. You will and hear adults. about one case it's of measles. Yeah. But, you know, there was... You know, there's the numbers of children affected by the MMR vaccine. Anyone can go to the VAERS database and look up, you know, over 400 adverse reactions this past year and, you know, not a death from the measles. So it's, 
if you mm. look at it, you know, this is, this is taking pharmaceutical companies into a whole new direction. And so what can people do again? They can um, join a grassroots movement. So any of um, the movements such as California Coalition for Health Choice, uh, Our Kids, Our Choice, are great groups to join. Um, they will help you get involved and keep you up to date and current with new information on what you can do, how to educate others. Um, anyone can go to sb277referendum.com and see how they can volunteer to help, collect signatures, do community outreach, and hopefully this will uh, you know, give us a little bit of time to overturn the bill and, and see, you know, if we will have to take it to the Supreme Court or if we can get a vote at the November, <clears throat> excuse me, 2016 election and, and change this. Wow, this, this is going to impact how you vote for your upcoming people in this election too, you know, for anyone that's going to be in office and running for office. Who are we voting in? What are we voting for? Your rights are important. And this is a perfect example, also Prop 65 and, you know, even the GMO bill, all of this is a prime example of not being asleep anymore and waking up, taking an interest in what happens around you for the greater good of all of us and just the right to choose. And that's what this country is based on. But thank you, Mrs. Baker, for speaking with us again. This is very valuable information that we all probably need to consider. And we really appreciate you coming back to speak with us. So Thanks up so next for having me again. Yes, yes. Up next we have child trafficking. That's our next topic and this is a very serious topic with a huge impact and I urge you to stay tuned because we have someone very special here to speak about child trafficking and what that means to us as a global community. So you're listening to Making Life Brighter Radio. Again, thank you Mrs. Baker and we'll be right back with more here on Making Life Brighter Radio. Opinions, options, answers. Voice America Health and Wellness. Making life brighter, your health and healing resource. With 20 years of successful healing, medical intuitive Winifred Adams has assisted thousands of people with their health and emotional well-being, including a celebrity clientele. An expert in emotional healing and body system health, Winifred specializes in emotional trauma and hard-to-solve cases. An official guide to John of God, Winifred works with people from all over the world to facilitate optimum health. Visit MakingLifeBrighter.com for more information and a discount off your first session. Appointments available in person or by Skype. Journey to John of God for healing with your guide, medical intuitive Winifred Adams. Experience healing with the world's most revered transmedium, John of God. Witness incredible healings, visit the sacred waterfall, and experience the heart-opening wonders of the Casa de Dominacio in Brazil. For more information, visit MakingLifeBrighter.com. Tune in and visit the archived shows to learn of the miraculous healing with John of God. Special offer when you mention you heard it on the Health and Wellness Channel. See the website for details, www.MakingLifeBrighter.com. 
We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. A fresh look at today's health. Voice America Health & Wellness. Welcome back to Making Life Brighter with Winifred Adams on the Health and Wellness Channel, the preferred choice for conscious education and entertainment. For more information, please visit us at makinglifebrighter.com. If you have questions or comments, please email us at radio at makinglifebrighter.com. That's radio at makinglifebrighter.com. And now, back to the show with your host, Winifred Adams. And we're back today. We have a very special show. We just finished talking to Mrs. Baker about the new immunization bill. And now we have a special guest, Sean Wrench, who's here to talk to us about child trafficking. And though it's kind of a, what seems like a scary topic that people probably don't want to hear a lot about, it's a very real reality in our world. And it happens everywhere around us. And we need to educate ourselves a little bit more about it so that, in fact, we can make our lives brighter and we can have the world that we wish to have and put forth into it more light. So, Sean, welcome. Welcome to Making Life Brighter. Thanks, Winifred. It's good to be on. Pleasure. Thank you. Great to have you here. So tell us a little bit about what you've been doing. You you started out with um, Forsaken Generation. Tell us what that was. Yeah. Well, um, you know, the last 10 years or so have been uh, a really wild ride. I, uh, I got interested in the topic um, of, about 10 years ago. I was going through some transitions in my life, and I had started volunteering at my local Salvation Army. And probably, I don't know, three or four weeks into my volunteering, I, uh, I was asked by the, the director, I Kind of, I kind of have always been kind of that personality that tends to, to spearhead different types of things. And so, when I when I started volunteering at the Salvation Army, rather than me just volunteering, I actually started recruiting all kinds of volunteers, and uh, uh, it, it was it was fun. And, and uh, so, the director of that particular chapter kind of saw that I was really interested in, in helping out, and so she asked me uh, this one day if I could help uh, get some volunteers for the youth homeless shelter. Now, um, at that time, I had not even known that there were literally shelters throughout the United States for kids that were homeless. So that in and of itself was quite an eye-opener for me. And uh, I started helping out with the homeless youth. And probably uh, three or four months into that, I came across this very alarming statistic. And um, I believe that there was a study that was done by the Justice Department and that said that in that one out of every four kids that are homeless that are on the street will be forced into human trafficking with only, within only 48 hours of being on the street. So I heard that, and I just became very stunned by it. And at the time, mind you, this was about 10 years ago, at the time there wasn't very many organizations that were working uh, towards this issue of helping children that are victims of human trafficking. We can talk a little bit more in the, in the show about, you know, why they get trafficked and all that. Cause it's a, it, this is really, frankly, something that very few people really understand. And a lot of people have a hard time, have a hard time wrapping their minds around it. And so, um, so I just became very burdened with, uh, with the issue. Um, my heart just broke for these kids. 
and I decided to start a nonprofit organization that would help children that were victims of human trafficking. Um, a quick statistic to throw out there that in the United States, there's approximately 300,000 children every year that are forced into human trafficking in the United States. So, um, so I started for second generation and, um, ran for second generation for seven years. And during that time period, uh, we were able to accomplish some really neat things. Um, we organized a, a large nationwide event called Freedom Walk. Um, uh, Freedom Walk, uh, ended up, we, uh, UNICEF actually named Freedom Walk as one of the top ways to raise awareness for human trafficking in your local community. That was an um, unbelievable stamp of approval that we got on that. Um, the, the walk ended up, or rather it started off, the first year we did Freedom Walk, it started off taking place in eight cities in various places in the United States. And after a few years in, I think we were four years in, and it, it took place in 130 cities. It was just, it, it really grew into something so much bigger than I ever dreamed possible. And, uh, I think USA Today picked up, uh, picked up a, did a story on it at one point. And, um, you know, our goal when a Fred was always with Forsaken Generation, our goal was to teach people how they can impact the issue of human trafficking in their local communities. Um, that's something that I've always been really passionate about. And so I would say if you would ask me what I consider my greatest accomplishment, I think that potentially one of the greatest accomplishments that I, that I feel we accomplished during my, my time with Forsaken Generation was we trained groups of people all across the country on how to impact the issue of human trafficking in their local community. So we teach them how to raise awareness. How can you prevent human trafficking from taking place? How can you work to rescue and restore these kids that are victims of human trafficking? And so, um, well, well, let's talk a minute about what human trafficking really is. Explain to people what happens to these kids. Sure. Um, it's, it's pretty heartbreaking. And it's why I care so deeply about this issue. Um, uh, uh, t- typically what will happen is uh, the traffickers prey on children that we would call vul- vulnerable children. And um, so they prey a lot on kids that are part of the foster care system, kids that are homeless, um, but, but not just that either. And that's what's very important for people to know is that um, I, I, I can't recall the exact statistic, but something, something to the effect of um, out of every 100 kids that are trafficked, 90% of them are what we consider a vulnerable child, but 10% of them aren't. So in other words, and, and I, I spoke on this at an event a few years ago, and what I kind of explained to people is that what that means to you is that out of every 100 kids, 10 of them are, are, are a kid just like yours. They're the, they're the, they're the homecoming queen. They're the all-star. They're, you know, they're, they're just an average, everyday, ordinary kid that is in your backyard, that is, is, is your child, that goes to your school. And so it's not just vulnerable kids. And so I, I guess the thing that I want people to understand is that everyone really should care about this. We all should care about educating our kids. But the traffickers prey on vulnerable kids, and they a lot of times will make them promises of a better life. So, you know, they may prey on uh, a, a 13-year-old who's homeless. Now, I, I, I purposely said that number 13 because that's the 12 12, 13, 14, that's the average age of a child that's trafficked in the United States. It's unbelievable. I mean, they're, they're, they're literally preying on these really young kids, and, and it's just sick. And, and they'll typically promise them a better life. So they may, you know, say, say, say there's a, a teenager who's homeless, right? So they may say, hey, uh, you know, come with me. I'll help you out. I'll give you food and clothing, and I'll give you a place to stay. And, and, and then 
they'll kind of, uh, they'll really what they do is they just be, they, they kind of woo this child, so to speak, by befriending them. Uh, and a lot of times they'll, they'll even try to be romantic with them. You know, Hey, I love you. I care about you. And then they'll say, Hey, well, I just need you to do this one thing for me. And, and, and that's typically how we'll see it start. And, and then, um, unfortunately it usually ends up morphing into a situation where a child can sometimes will be trafficked anywhere between, uh, 15 to 30 times every single night. It's, it's just absolutely heartbreaking. Um, but, but, you know, and, and that, and I don't want to just be negative about this. There are a lot of really practical things that can be done to help these kids. And that's why I'm so passionate about it. Now, um, I, I no longer run, run for second generation. I had to make a, a decision for my family uh, to step down from the organization. I now run a real estate investment firm called Alive Investments. And um, we are, because of my background and my passion in fighting this issue of human trafficking, um, my company has made the decision to uh, start, we're, we're going to start our own nonprofit. And we're, what we're going to do is work with other real estate investors throughout the country to raise money to uh, fund safe houses all across the United States, which, which is a huge, huge thing because right now uh, in the United States, and, and I, I have to be honest, I'm not 100% sure how accurate this number is because I, I have been somewhat out of touch with the issue because of, of personal changes in my life. But um, the last I knew, there's an organization called Flores Project, and Polaris Project did a very in-depth study into how many uh, how many organizations and how many beds were available on a national level to rescue and restore minors that were victims of human trafficking. And the last I knew, that number was about 400. And that that's not very, very many. Very sad statistic. Yeah. No, there's that's 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 the problem. And and you know, Winifred, that's why. I made the decision with my real estate firm that we were going to focus on helping to provide um, some services for these kids because if, if the numbers are accurate and, and the numbers come from the State Department, so they estimate that somewhere around 300,000 children every year are, are trafficked. I, my personal opinion, and I, I emphasize personal opinion, uh, in my seven, eight years of running for second generation, my personal opinion is that that number is actually grossly misrepresented. I think it's a lot higher, to be honest with you, but I certainly could be wrong. But, you know, even if, let's, let's just hypothetically say it is 300,000. You have, if you, if you have 300,000 kids a year that are being trafficked and you only have 400 beds for them, I mean, it doesn't take a genius to do that math. There's a lot of kids that are falling through the cracks. And so, who, uh, who are the it's, people it's that sad. traffic these kids, Sean? Who, who does this? What is their profile? Um, you know, that's, that's, a, that's a, a tough one to answer. I, I, one, one, one thing that I can tell you is that um, according to some of the top organizations in the country that are dealing with this issue, um, there was actually a documentary done by an organization called GEMS. And uh, GEMS is in New York City. Rachel Lloyd is the uh, founder of GEMS. Um, I, I have a ton of respect for her and for what she does. Um, they, they did a documentary, and the name of the documentary, and, and I would highly encourage anyone that wants to learn more about this issue to watch that documentary. The last I knew it, it was available to watch for free on Netflix. It's called Very Young Girls is the name of it. But one of the things that they covered in that documentary was that um, it started to become harder to traffic drugs because of uh, increasing laws, and the police were cracking down in certain areas, and so it became a lot easier to traffic a child. And 
in in the documentary, you'll actually see this undercover uh, video being made, and and they're talking to this trafficker, and he said that it, it he said it's easier for me to sell a kid than it is for me to sell a drug. I think his comment in the video in the in the video that they recorded him, he said something to the effect of, "I can only sell a drug once. I can sell a kid thirty times a night." So, That's disgusting. Um, it's it, totally it, it, yeah, disgusting. It's, it's, un, it's, it's unbelievable. So, um, as far as who is doing it, I mean, I, I would venture to say that it, it's you know it's criminals that are doing it. And and I think one of the things that I garnered out of watching that documentary was that um, perhaps some of the criminals are simply changed professions, so to speak. Yeah, um, <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> right. It's right. Been, I've seen that. Yeah. I've seen that in California a lot where if we're not, um, you know, being fraudulent one way, we'll be fraudulent another way. So yeah. it's yeah. it's in a, a, a area of people that are not happy. And on that note, we're going to be right back with more with Sean Wrench right here on Making Life Brighter Radio. We're going to hear more about what you can do in your local area and what he's doing to help curb this epidemic of child trafficking and how we can maybe turn this around and I believe firmly that if we put prayer and light to things there is more light that comes about so on that note we'll be right back stay tuned you're listening to Making Life Brighter Radio again you can find us on Facebook at Making Life Brighter and you can find us all the archives in this show archive on makinglifebrighter.com and the radio tab on the player so we'll be right back folks stay tuned Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. Journey to John of God for healing with your guide, medical intuitive Winifred Adams. Experience healing with the world's most revered transmedium, John of God. Witness incredible healings, visit the sacred waterfall, and experience the heart-opening wonders of the Casa de Dominacio in Brazil. For more information, visit MakingLifeBrighter.com. Tune in and visit the archived shows to learn of the miraculous healing with John of God. Special offer when you mention you heard it on the Health and Wellness Channel. See the website for details, www.MakingLifeBrighter.com. Making Life Brighter, your health and healing resource. With 20 years of successful healing, medical intuitive Winifred Adams has assisted thousands of people with their health and emotional well-being, including a celebrity clientele. An expert in emotional healing and body system health, Winifred specializes in emotional trauma and hard-to-solve cases. An official guide to John of God, Winifred works with people from all over the world to facilitate optimum health. Visit MakingLifeBrighter.com for more information and a discount off your first session. Appointments available in person or by Skype. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. Welcome back to Making Life Brighter with Winifred Adams on the Health and Wellness Channel, the preferred choice for conscious education and entertainment. For more information, please visit us at makinglifebrighter.com. If you have questions or comments, please email us at radio at makinglifebrighter.com. That's radio at makinglifebrighter.com. And now, back to the show with your host, Winifred Adams. 
And we're back. We're speaking with Sean Wrench today, and he's talking about child trafficking and all of his involvement in that arena and how he was running and working with Forsaken Generation and now has a new venture. Sean, tell us again the name of the new venture that you're into and what it is that you're doing. Sure. Well, it's, it's honestly, it's such a new venture that we don't have uh, a ton of concrete stuff put together on it right now. Um, but I, I can, I can simply share this and let, let me actually say one thing too, that if for those listening that are interested in getting involved, um, unfortunately the organization for second generation does not exist anymore. It kind of fell apart when I stepped down. So if someone is going to try to like Google for second generation, you may still find, I think there's still like a Facebook page out there and stuff. But unfortunately, like I said, the organization doesn't exist. So there's no point in, in searching that information out, but what they can do is um, my my company is called Alive Investments. Our website is www.aliveinvestments.properties. And uh, very soon, uh, it's not up yet, but very soon we're going to get information up there um, that's going to uh, give some really detailed information about what we're trying to do. And I'll briefly explain that. But um, what I decided to do is I reached out to a great friend of mine. Her name is Sandy Scalini. Sandy is... Uh, the head of an organization in Miami, Florida, um, and uh, she is one of the nation's uh, most sought-after um, authorities when it comes to the issue of human trafficking. So I reached out to Sandy and said, "Hey, um, we would. We, I want to work with you if you're interested to help us get this project off the ground." And she said, "Yes." I was thrilled uh, to have her help with this. And so basically, what we're doing, Winifred, is we are going to be uh, starting an arm of our company as the, the nonprofit organization. So we're starting an, another a new nonprofit. And what we are going to do is our, what our company does is we find distressed properties um, throughout the country. We're based in Baltimore, Maryland. We do do some work and I, I actually have a ton of clients out in California, ironically. Um, but we work in California and Florida and Texas and all, all across the country. And we find distressed properties and we fix them up and we sell them to investors. Or sometimes we'll have an investor that'll want the property and they want to fix it up themselves. So um, part, it's, you know, it's really interesting how life can, can sometimes, it seems like the puzzle falls apart, but then the puzzle starts coming back together again. Because what was interesting is, you know, here I'm, I'm talking to my friend Sandy this one day, and she said, you know, she said, with, your, with the success that your company is having, she said, have you ever thought about because you guys know how to find these distressed properties, you can find really low-priced properties, and there's organizations out there that desperately need properties because they're looking to open a safe house. So the light bulb just went off in my head, and I thought, oh, my gosh. <laughs> That's so, perfect. Yeah, I mean, it was, just, it was amazing. I, it was just like this light bulb moment. Like, oh, wow. And so, you know, over the years, in, since I've been doing real estate, you know, my, my, excuse me, my passion has always been on impacting the issue of human trafficking. You know, making money is great, and I have a family to support, and I have to make money, but I want to make a difference in the world. And so I'm, I'm just thrilled that, that um, we've gotten to the point where I now can use my business as a way to fuel my passion because what we're going to do is we're going to work with um, existing organizations throughout the United States, and we'll probably just work with one at a time. You know, we don't want to go too crazy, and we want to make sure that we do a really good job, but but basically, we're going to work with an existing organization who, who we know has a desire to open a safe house to rescue minors from human trafficking. And so what we'll do is we'll work with that organization. We will provide them with a property to use for their safe house. 
and then we'll provide that organization with seed money to get their project started. So um, for organizations that are that you know and they have this desire to do something to impact this issue, we're going to step in and say, hey, we can help make that happen. And 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 so we have access to properties all across the country. That's great. But what I've been really working on over the last couple of years is um, connecting with other investors that I work with. And I work with real estate investors all across the country, and I've probably talked to a dozen new ones that come to our company almost every single day. And so um, various investors that I've developed a good relationship with, I've just been reaching out to them and saying, hey, I want to share with you a project our company is looking to do, and, and, and I want you to just think about it and see if you might be interested and getting involved. And, and one of the reasons that that came to me when I was is because I, I know some real estate investors that are making some really fantastic money. And so, you know, I, the reality of making money is this. I, I, I would love for people's hearts to be in it and then want to do it because they genuinely want to make a difference in the world. But if they just need a tax write-off, that's okay too. <laughs> you know, I mean, I don't, as long I don't as it helps the project, the money. I just want them to give it. <laughs> so, yeah. um, so what we're going to be doing is we're going to be raising, um, you know, the goal is to raise a few million dollars. We're, we, we have a really big goal set, and that's just for the initial kickoff of the campaign. And, it, it, and you know, the, the, the challenge to this is that it does cost a lot of money uh, for these organizations to run what they're doing. I mean, I was work- when, I, when I ran for Second Generation, I was working with a shelter that we were trying to help a shelter get their doors open and just one year in operating costs is something like seven hundred and fifty thousand dollars, and it's very, very expensive yeah, to run. Not these to mention that so, these kids are traumatized; they're scarred in many ways. I mean, oh, absolutely. This is yeah. this is terrible. That's the worst part of it: is to send an individual, even if they get away, and they can start over. You know, they're walking into the world a wounded soldier by ten. You know. Yeah, it, that's exactly, and that's what breaks my heart about the fact that there's very few resources for these kids. Because um, you know, I, when I when I was running for second generation, I would have uh, every once in a while you'll see an ad, uh, not an ad, once in a, every once in a while you'll see an article floating around on Facebook or whatever the case, and it, and and it would be an article entitled something to the effect of you know FBI does raid uh, rescues 150 kids or something like that. I, I think that that has happened a couple times in the past year. And so every time something like that happens, I'll have a bunch of friends contact me. Hey, did you see this? Did you see this? And they're always surprised that my reaction isn't one of complete happiness like theirs is. And, and usually they'll say, well, why aren't you happy? I said, because 90% of these kids are going to go right back on the street where they, where they came from. Yeah. And, and that's the reality. It's, you know, it's great when the FBI does these raids and they, and they rescue these kids. That's fantastic. Unfortunately, most of them just end up right back on the street because there's no resources for them. So, um, you know, it, it, life is funny. I thought I thought I was gonna, you know, save the world through my the, the nonprofit that I ran, and, and as it turns out, um, you know, it, it's now coming. It's I, I'm now approaching it from actually a business standpoint, and, and 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 I will mention too that we are certainly putting our money where our mouth is, and 10% of all of the profits that my company makes will be automatically donated to this cause, and I hope that that number will actually be higher. Um, but, you know, early on in the, in the stages of this project, I'm committing that we're donating at least 10%. I hope that it's more, and I, I hope and pray that other investors step up. This. And, and, and let me preface uh, one thing, too. If someone is listening to this and they want to get involved in this project, 
I, I keep using the term investor. That's because that's what my company does. I work with a lot of investors. Once this project gets started, uh, we, w- we will have a nonprofit organization, so you certainly don't have to be an investor, uh, a real estate investor to be a part of it. Anyone could be a part of it. So That's a really um, good point. Really good point. Yeah, so, I mean, anyone can be a part of this, and we want every, you know, people all over to be a part of it. And, and we'll really, you know, we'll, we'll try to do a really good job of marketing the project and letting people know about it. Um, you know, like I said, because we're in such, we're, because we are in such early stages of the project, if someone is listening and wants to get involved, the best way, the best thing I can tell you to do is just visit the website, my, visit my company's website, aliveinvestments.property, and there's a contact us page on there. They, they could just fill out the contact form and say, hey, Sean, I heard you on Winifred's show. I'm really interested in this project. You know, here's why. It's the, and, and we could put you on a list or something, and we'll email out everyone that said I'm interested once the project officially kicks off. So that's probably the that's easiest That's perfect. Way. That's perfect. Um, well, you know, that's the end of our time, and, and I would love to talk with you about this more. So we'll keep in touch, and we'll touch back to see how this is going over time and, you know, absolutely. put more focus to it. It's a valiant effort. You've done so much in the last 10 years for this, and God bless you. And thank you for coming on today to be with us. This has been a very important show. I ask everyone to share it with other people so we all become more educated. And the archives, again, you can find on the radio tab at makinglifebrighter.com. You can always subscribe on iTunes, on the podcast. And thank you, Sean. What makes your life brighter? Thank you, Winifred. I appreciate it. What, what makes your life brighter? Oh, you know, honestly, Winifred, I, I would say the answer to that is my faith. I, uh, my faith drives me to do what I do. I believe that love is the greatest uh, way we can uh, reflect our faith, and so that's, that's what drives me uh, on a daily basis. It's, well, thank you so much for coming, and stay tuned, everybody. We'll have more coming for you, and we've got a great summer ahead. So lots of love. Go jolly, and uh, let's do something <laughs> to make our communities, you know, brighter. So uh, big smiles to everybody today. Thank you, Sean, and thank you, Mrs. Baker. Have a great day, everybody. Thank you for listening to Making Life Brighter on the Health and Wellness Channel. Be sure to join us each week at 10 a.m. for information, inspiration, and education with leading experts in healing and consciousness. For more information and a complete show schedule, please visit us at makinglifebrighter.com. Making Life Brighter, successfully helping you feel better from the inside out. You are my This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.